0: What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess, and you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter, or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. How's it going, Matt?
1: It's going good, man. Drinking and uh, enjoying this uh, candy cane tea from Miss Jen Huntley.
0: Candy cane tea. Yeah. That sounds like... Is what it's called? I don't know. I don't drink tea. Yeah. I don't do It was I don't in your like cupboard, tea. man. You should know what's in your cupboard, bro. I, I just don't like tea. I like
1: coffee. <laughs> it's good.
0: Yeah. You recently like stopped drinking mostly normal <sighs> coffee, didn't you? Yeah.
1: I, I've I've really cut back a lot. Um, for about a, for about a month, I just went away from caffeine altogether and I might drink some every now and again, but big time cut down a lot. Cause, cause I was drinking like a thousand milligrams a day. Yeah. I was yeah. drinking it like by the pot. So like every meeting, every, every, every day I was drinking like so much coffee and, uh, just obviously that's not good for you.
0: Yeah, I know. I've been kind of noticing the same trend in my life as well, like, cause I usually have At least, well, I mean, I'll have one cup for sure in the morning, but usually two, and then I'll go and I'll do some work or I'll have a meeting at a coffee shop, Yeah, you know, late morning. And then most of the time you're back at the coffee shop in the afternoon for some other meeting or something. And so you've, you know, you have to, you're obligated. You've got to get some coffee, right? You're there. And I kind of feel bad just going and sitting in there and like working on my laptop or something and not buying something. Yeah. So it's,
1: it's always funny, man. Like, um, yeah, I worked at Starbucks for like three years when I was going through seminary in Memphis. And, uh, I didn't drink coffee during that time of my life. And so we just, my wife, Erica didn't either. And so we didn't drink, drink it. Um, and then you, I don't know, man. Well, when I made the, the switch, but then I, 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 really like it. So I'll drink decaf now. Mm-hmm. I used to always make fun of people that would drink decaf coffee. And now you're that guy. Yeah. Now I'm like the the old man, I'll be 40 in like two years. Be like, Hey, who's, who's got some decaf? What's your decaf
0: taste like? yeah yeah i'm not there yet i don't, yeah, I don't know if i if i uh if i can get with the decaf thing but
1: but i love i love a good coffee i like the uh when we were in newfoundland last week you know i don't know if it was a time change or what yeah but you kind of broke your uh
0: your your caffeine fast <laughs> yeah i broke
1: the caffeine fast hard i was okay. like uh we went to this local coffee shop that place was good and uh um, oh, yeah and I was like, "Let me get a double shot of espresso inside that coffee." I saw that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I was like, "That woke me up, to say the least." I that's, bet it did. That's a crazy thing when you when you kind of start to uh, wean off of it a little bit, and then you and then you get some. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Well, uh, today's topic is going to be the kind of praying that you need to do if you want to reach your city. Uh, this is something that I know we've been talking about. A lot over the yeah. past uh, several months, uh, and really over the past year, and, and you and I have had a lot of uh, just personal conversations mm-hmm. about this, and uh, and and just in our church, personally, we've been talking a lot about it. And so, uh, you know, I, I just think that we've talked a little bit about this in some episodes before. We've never done an episode specifically just geared on uh, on prayer and the role of prayer in church planning and. Um, I think that this is probably the most important thing that we could yeah, talk about Absolutely, uh, when it comes to, uh, to, to church planning. Um, you know, it's rare. Like, I don't think that there's like any church planner out there who would say that um, they don't believe that prayer is the most important thing that you, that you yeah. should do, right? Like yeah. whenever we're you know, like casting vision or trying to get partners, you know, or something like that, we'll always say like, Oh yeah. You know, like pray, participate and provide, you know, yeah. like really what we mean is provide, 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 provide,
1: provide, <laughs> provide,
0: provide, <laughs> right. pray as you write your checks, right? Pray. Yeah. Yeah. Pray. Exactly. So I think sometimes we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about prayer and we'll even give prayer lip service. And we can even really believe that we're, dependent on prayer, but I I think that there's very few church planters who are actually dependent on prayer. There's very few ministers who are actually uh, dependent on prayer. I think we want to be a lot of times, and and we think that we are in some ways, uh, but I'm not sure that we're as dependent on prayer as maybe we could be and we should be. And uh, like Andrew Murray says, uh, as far as each minister is concerned, everything depends on whether or not he is a man of prayer.
1: Wow, that's good.
0: So, Matt, when you kind of check the temperature of spiritual intimacy in church leaders, specifically church planters right now in, in North America, what do you see?
1: And it's it's one of those it's one of those topics that are that is really challenging. Um it, it, you know it's gonna be a good episode when we start off quoting Andrew Murray. That's right. You know, outside of my mentor, I don't know if there has been somebody that um and in history of Christianity, that's been more impactful author than Andrew Murray in my life. I I think I own every book he's ever written. Um, It's a, I say it's a tough subject because you can't, you can talk to somebody and you can say, how's your prayer life? Mm -hmm. And they could say, Oh, it's this or it's that or whatever it might be. But in reality, nobody really knows. Right. I'll say this much um, to, to answer your question. Six years ago, when God called us to, to, church planting, and we moved here from Memphis, I didn't realize just how pathetic my prayer life really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, looking back on it, it was pretty pathetic. Um, and I remember when we first moved here and starting to pray and starting to understand what we were up against, what it was gonna, going to take. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question, like I know for me personally, as a church planner, my prayer life was nothing that it should have been when I started, it was pretty pitiful. The one thing that church planning taught me the first lesson that uh, I learned in church planning is just how how bad my prayer life was and how much I needed to grow in that in that area it's everything man it it really genuinely truly is everything um when when you when you gauge and look at church planners across north america i don't know how much we might say we might say everything starts and finishes with prayer, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much we actually believe it Yeah, because we'll spend hours and hours and hours doing things except for praying. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, it's a, it's a tough subject to, to gauge, you know, because I'm not the Holy spirit and Mm -hmm. of course, but, um, I think it's definitely a need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I, I, I think that, you know, our actions speak louder than our words. Right. Yeah. And you know, as much as we say that we're dependent on, on prayer, I, I would, totally agree with what you said earlier that looking back on when we first moved here, uh, almost four years ago and, and to now like my prayer life really, like I almost feel like it was non-existent, you know, really. Yeah. And, and I still feel like my prayer life, socks compared to like sure, what I yeah. uh to where I know that I I want yeah, to it be. Does. Um thank you. I'm just joking. I appreciate I'm just that. Joking. Hmm. I'm just joking. I can't
1: tell what other planners is, are doing, but I know what ours are.
0: This is an encouraging and uplifting <laughs> time. Hey, if you want to be a part of the fellowships network and have daily encouragement <laughs> yeah. from Matt Hess, don't just go the ahead network. and email us. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes.
1: <laughs> no, um, I see it. You've grown a lot, man.
0: Don't try to recover.
1: You've grown a lot. just what I think you could not get
0: any meter you do something <laughs> like this and totally redeem, totally yourself. redeem
1: yourself that's <laughs> right
0: man no i mean when you busted out in tongues the other
1: day we were praying that was i was like wow man you are <laughs> Just, all our charismatic listeners like what's wrong with that? <laughs>
0: hey no for all full disclosure like yeah. I, I have no problem with tongues as long as no. there's an interpreter and if you're, no. if you're if you're in your prayer closet alone <laughs> we, do, do your I, thing i definitely don't do either thing.
1: full disclosure yeah, do
0: it. Yeah. We're we're not cessationists. We're continuationists. Yes. So no offense, cessationists. Well, actually, I guess somebody's bit, out there listening. A bit.
1: Some some green planter is out there listening. Say, well, what's a cessationist? <laughs> what's a continuationist?
0: Actually, it's probably better hey, that you don't know. Just yeah, read that's your true. Bible and believe it. Have you ever, it and have obey you it. ever
1: been around? So planters are the worst. <laughs> planters are the worst. I'm derailing us. Planters okay. are the planters are the worst. You know, you this get, is our podcast. We can do we whatever can we do, do whatever we want to right. do. But you know, planners are the worst. Like, you get around group planners and somebody will say something, and nobody in the room, except for the guy speaking, has any idea what they're talking about. But they're like, Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Or, you know, they don't want, they don't want to look stupid. So yeah. so they just kind of like agree. That's how
0: I feel when I hear a missiologist talk. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. It's like, Yeah. Oh, the, I don't even, see, I can't even think of a word. I was going to, I was going to, they're character. smarter than us. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah, so they're much smarter than yes, us. Yes. Prayer. Prayer, yeah. Back to the back to the topic. So, I think that um, you know our actions definitely speak louder than our words. Kind of like you were saying, you know, we say that that prayer is the most important thing, but when you look at our our schedules, uh, not just our personal schedules, but our church calendars, yeah. And you look at the amount of space that that prayer takes up in our church calendar. Let's be real; like most of the time, it's it's very little compared to the amount of activity, the yeah. ministry activity that we're doing. And I think that's true in our personal lives a lot as well.
1: You think about your church plant, like in the beginning to all our planners listening, you know, and like even you and I, Jared, when we started, we weren't like, you know what? We're going to be known as a church that
0: prays. Nope.
1: Like I, I, I'll be honest. I We weren't, you know, it was, it was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to be known as a church for people who can journey without judgment. We're going to be known as a church that's bold with the gospel. We're going to be known as a church that's that's strong in evangelism and discipleship. But, we weren't ever i don't ever remember i mean it's been 5 years now but i don't ever remember saying like man we're going to be known as a church and network that prays mm-hmm. and um you know to a fault that's my that's 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 my uh mistake you know yeah. it was wrong but god says that his house should be called a house of prayer mm-hmm. and to your point you know like how much do we calendar it into even our sunday morning services yep. you know somebody and, and and i'm not talking about like praying before the offering or praying before the worship or a call to worship or anything like that. You know, those are, those are given, but I mean like genuinely, are you teaching your people Mm. how to pray? And I'll tell you one of the reasons why we don't do it because we're afraid it's going to turn off guests. Mm. That's why we don't do it. When I talk to church planners, it's always the biggest thing I hear. Mm. Well, you know, there's going to be those guests and they don't even pray yet. And Mm. it's going to be awkward for them. No, yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's let's like spare the 100 for the two, and we don't want them to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. when we pray. They're not going to feel uncomfortable if you explain what you're doing, if you're articulating why you're praying and what you're doing, if you have guides on the screen and all those kinds of mm-hmm. things. So, well,
0: and I think if you're like if it's genuine and and the holy you know the holy spirit is present in your worship service, yeah. Then then you don't have to worry about the results, you know, stuff like that. Um, I, I think that God can, can work. And actually I think that um, God wants to work in and through uh, that. Cause God's honored Absolutely. when we, when we pray, when we start operating in faith, here's the deal. Like when we, when we structure our services and, and our ministry calendars around ceaseless activity, right. Where we're yeah. always having to fill, fill the space. There's no time to, to really, to listen to God. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's, you know, do this, do that. Uh, we're going here, we're going there. Um, and I, I think that, that what happens is we're really just taking things into our own hands. Yeah. And, um, I think prayer is one of the greatest acts of faith actually that we can take yeah. as church planters, because we're, we're saying by by the act of praying, we're 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 ceasing work, yeah. uh, from our with our own hands, and we are putting it in God's hands and yeah. we're we're calling upon God to move and God to act and we're not trying to do it uh, in our own strength and with our own strategies and our own wisdom. yeah and you know, like your example that you just gave is is a perfect one. you know, we don't pray uh, in our services because we're afraid that it's going to drive away guests. And what we're really doing is we're saying, well, I, I think I can do a better job of like keeping a guest around and bringing them to Jesus than the Holy Spirit can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, when people come into your church, don't they think that there's going to be some religious activity?
0: Yeah. You think so. <laughs> I mean, they are coming to a church. It's true. it's true. I think like we just live in this time right now where we live in a world that's filled with distractions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that our prosperity has handicapped our ability to hear God. Yeah, I really do. Like, I think that I think that the the devil has us right where he wants us. Yeah, because if, if he can keep us from praying, then he really doesn't have to worry about us very yeah. much. You know, I, I I just, you know, I oftentimes will sit back and I'll look at, you know, my own life and my own ministry and, yeah, you know, and I'll think uh, like. Why don't we, you know, experience God move in power more yeah. often, you know? Like why why don't why is there such a large discrepancy between what I read in the book of Acts and, and what I see in real life? And it's not that we don't see God move at all. It's not that we don't see God, you know, answer prayer and, and, and move in some in some powerful ways, but you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah, it's definitely not like we're seeing in scripture. Well he, he, he,
1: here's here's the here's the problem, man. You know, we were talking about this on Tuesday, I think, at the Eastside Gathering. But you know, here is the issue: if we're just kind of clearing the table and being honest, we're not praying in the Spirit's power. Mm -hmm. We don't. We don't teach it. We don't understand it. We don't. We don't know what it means to be Spirit-led, to be Spirit-driven, and it—it's everything, man. If we're not—if we're not being filled on a daily basis and anointed on a daily basis and yielding. To the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, you won't pray. Yep. Why would you pray?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Prayer is a prayer is when we're doing it the right way, and I don't mean you know you know what I mean. I don't mean like a a, a an, an a to z type. Oh, if, if you wait, pray. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What did you just say? I mean, like z a to
0: z. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so like Zulu a to Z, but like Alpha to Zulu. like you don't I'm not saying you have to pray this way and these steps, and then God will hear your prayer. I mean, we get that. Like. We're justified through faith in Christ, all those things. We have an an ear, Mm -hmm. an audience, always with the Father. Mm -hmm. But I mean, prayer by its very nature, by its very definition, is a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual discipline. And how much do we try to pray in the flesh? Mm -hmm. How much do we try to discipline our way into a a solid prayer life? Mm -hmm. And it's impossible, you know? I'm not, I'm not discounting the disciplines that we have to have ingrained in our lives. It's a spiritual discipline, whether that's in the morning or evening or whatever. But we don't, we don't see that in the Scripture. Yeah. We see Christ getting up and praying and going away and praying and all those kinds of things. I don't mean we don't see that in Scripture. We see a lifestyle of prayer
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the prophets primarily in the Old Testament, You yeah. know, the, the apostles in the New Testament, Paul primarily. It's a, it's a lifestyle of prayer, praying without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And how does that happen? when we're yielded and when we're leaning to the spirit's power. And, um, uh, we, in that meeting Tuesday at the, uh, East side gathering on the East end of Toronto where we are. Um, I think it was you that even said this, you know, but we are so, we, we don't, we don't know how to listen to the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And so when we hear something like, Hey, take some time to pray. We're like, Oh, that's just me talking. Yeah. Like why, why is your flesh going to tell you to pray? Yeah. It's a spiritual act. Yep. Yeah. It's a spiritual exercise. And so like church planners, listening. I remember in the beginning, I remember in the beginning stages having to learn how to be dependent on the spirit and everything. Mm-hmm. So real practically what that looked like for me is God started saying, you're going to pray before you call mm-hmm. a guest, mm-hmm. you know, pray before you knock on the store, pray yep. before you go into Walmart to survey, like pray mm-hmm. before every conversation you get into and stuff. Yep. The flesh isn't going to tell you to do those things. Nope. That's the Holy Spirit. That's right. But we don't know how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yep. You can't talk about prayer without talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You just can't do it. Yep.
0: Yeah. uh, Earlier this week, I woke up by like I don't know, four o'clock or something. And um, it wasn't anything super spiritual. I just had to go to the bathroom, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah. And uh, so I woke up, but you know, I did that, and then the thought like came into my mind like, you should pray. You know. And typically, what I've done in the past uh, if I'm being honest, um, up until recently is I've, that thoughts kind of come out of my mind and I haven't even really ever considered that that thought was from God. I just would kind of like, I have two choices in front of me. I, you know, like, Oh yeah, I could pray, but I could just do that when I wake up, you know, I'll, right. I'll do that. I, I'll pray. I'll pray when I wake up and my alarm goes off a couple hours later. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things I've begun to realize is that like, like, uh, you were just, you know, reiterating is that um, our flesh is never going to tell us to pray. No. Your your flesh is never going to tell you to read the Bible, to share the gospel, to go, you know, serve your neighbor, you know, to anything like that. You can do that. those things in the flesh. You can don't do them confuse them
1: in the flesh. like to our listeners. Don't confuse the two.
0: Right, exactly. It, but it's kind of like what what John meant when I think in first John where he says nobody can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Yeah. obviously, you know, so a lost person could say the words Jesus is Lord. What John means is is that nobody can truly call upon Jesus as his Lord unless yeah. the Holy Spirit is revealed. And I think that's what kind of the sense that I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. right? So, um, you know, like what I, what I realized is that those thoughts, quote unquote, that come in our minds, those are not thoughts. That's the Holy Spirit that's yeah. that's drawing you away saying, come away with me and pray. So, you know, what did I do? I said, okay. And I went yeah. in and um, I made myself a cup of coffee at four o'clock and yeah. went into my office and I just started to, to to pray and spend some time with God, and yeah. it was really awesome. And there was some specific things that God ended up. I, I know why He asked me to pray now yeah. because there were some specific things He He was leading me to pray for. And, and yeah, I, and
1: He's the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like He's He lives in you. He's the boss. He's the Lord. So like, yeah. if
0: He wants to talk to you at four o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, or whatever, like, He's yep. in charge. And walking by the Spirit is just saying yes to every one That's of those it. promptings every time, whether That's it's it. at four in the morning or four in the afternoon Doesn't when you're matter. at the grocery store and a yeah. thought pops in your head, hey, you should go pray for that lady yeah. over there.
1: You know, everybody longs for like the, the the Philip Ethiopian eunuch type stuff. You know, everybody longs like, you, you can't go to Asia, Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, I prohibit you. Everybody, mm-hmm. I, I talk to church planners like, I want that. It's like the Macedonian do, call. Yeah. But do we? Like, do we want that because yeah. it's pretty clear in the scripture how we get that mm-hmm. it's it's called obedience it's yep. it's sensitivity to the spirit, yep. and even if you're listening you're like, well, but I still don't know if it's god or or my flesh or whatever if it's a spiritual act, it's not it's probably God, but let's say it's not like is it gonna hurt you to read your Bible? Right. is it gonna hurt you to stop mm-hmm. and pray? Mm-hmm. do it anyways, yeah,
0: well, yeah. and it, going back to that um to the Macedonian call in Acts 16, right? Yeah. So Paul tries to go to both to Myasia and to Bithynia, and, which would be, we would say those are spiritual acts, right? Like he was going yeah. to take the gospel to places where it hadn't been taken yet. And what hap- What does it say? It says the spirit of Jesus did not let him. Now, we don't know exactly what that looks like or what happened, whether it was a, a you know, physically like the road got blocked yeah. or whether he woke up one morning and was like, he just knew the Lord is telling him no. Yeah. But what it, what. It, It comforts us in knowing that like, hey, even like you don't have to like second guess, you know, oh, should I like share the gospel with this person or should I pray right now or like just do it. And if for some reason you're going in a way that God doesn't want you to, don't you think the Holy Spirit loves you enough that he'll correct, he'll course correct for you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
1: exactly, you know, and prayer and when we talk about prayer, like um, the, the kind of praying we have to have to reach our city you know, it starts with us, but then it also starts outward, right? Like how we pray for other people. Mm-hmm. I know in the fellowships, you know, like one of the greatest was the starting points into the harvest is we ask people if there's anything we can pray for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's, it's everything. Prayers, everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what kind of, what kind of praying do you think will effectively reach our cities? Like when we're talking about, um, prayer where, you know, ah, every church planner worth his uh, salt wants to see, you know, revival, right? Yeah. I think we all, you we, we know, long for that. Uh, what kind of prayer brings that?
1: Well, constant prayer. You know, I think like being, being constantly praying, you know, consistently praying, um, you know, uh, we, how, how much the effectiveness of our evangelism, the effectiveness of our preaching, the effectiveness of our discipleship relationships, our small groups, mm-hmm. our, our leadership pipeline planning church whatever it might be mm-hmm. is d- dependent on how how consistent and how constant we are in our prayers we uh, we, we we talk all the time on our team like we got to get over those like god bless them type prayers mm-hmm. you know like god god bless the the, the people no mm-hmm. like get serious in your prayer life mm-hmm. you know uh one of my professors in the seminary uh Dr Stan May um he 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 taught us did something he still does it he prays every single day for every single member of his church mm-hmm. and he says you know there's um he says you have to make some sacrifices if you want to do that mm-hmm. he said i don't listen to the radio I haven't listened to the radio in the car for years you know um i, I pray through that through these names mm-hmm. all the time and yep. put them in my heart and, so, and he has the heart of a shepherd as well mm-hmm. but um to do that it's really important so to pray consistently and constantly
0: yeah that's actually one of the things that that um you had recently you know suggested to me um, a couple of months ago uh, and so I've stopped. You know, like I, uh, I used to listen to like sports podcasts and stuff all yeah. the time. And I've just started to cut a lot of that out. And yeah. I'll use my time in the car either with nothing on at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll use the pray or I'll put on like there's a, an app called the Streetlights Bible app. And it basically reads the Bible to you with a hip hop beat in the background. Oh, that's pretty I cool. I really love and it helps me to focus a lot. And so I'll just drive around just listening to the word of God just yeah. read to me uh, with kind of a, a beat in the background. And, and I really enjoy that a lot. Uh, and that's helped me to, to number one, to just walk by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, number two to, uh, you know, to pray constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that like we need to, you know, we say again, this is, this is where this topic is tough for me because I hear this all the time. And like, we use this language, like we need to bathe everything that we do in prayer. Right. Yeah. Like we, I hear that language a lot and yet I don't see, <laughs> I don't see us doing it very much. I don't see us actually bathing things in prayer. Like for example, if you want to bathe your sermon this Sunday in prayer, but you are spending three times as much time uh, working on your sermon than praying about it, then it's not bathed in prayer. Yeah. Like yeah. I think bathed in prayer looks like you need to spend at least as much time, like praying uh, for that Sunday for the people by name, uh, praying for the Spirit's leading, uh, praying yeah. asking God to show you the text He wants you to preach asking God to teach you the spirit, to show you what he wants you to see in the text, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we tend to, I mean, i I'll the, I'm the first to admit I'm, I'm guilty right here. I just yeah. tend to want to blow through that part and kind of get to the actual, like writing down the, you know, the sermon and getting to the meat of it. And I want to do the study and, and all that stuff. And, and then, when we're not, when they aren't effective, right? Like our, you know, like quote, unquote, our sermons aren't effective and, you know, attendance is dying or, or, or whatever, you know, things are happening and, you, and you're wanting to reach your city. Then I think pastors or planters from a, from a heart that, that genuinely wants to, to reach people, they start getting like, you know, desperate a little bit and they're, they're grasping straws, wanting something to work. And so they'll go on Facebook and they'll, See this ad pop up that says, you know, take this course and you know the the three yeah. secrets to you know you know preaching an effective sermon. Yeah. And then you know we're dropping fifty bucks when we've got the Holy Spirit for free. Yeah. Who like and there's no there's no secrets to preaching effective sermons. The Holy Spirit is yeah. the, is who I don't know. So <laughs> I don't, I, that stuff you know that stuff grinds my yeah. ears, man. Like that yeah. that paying, uh,
1: yeah anyway yeah I mean like you know I think there's a there's a place for stuff like that I get it you know there there's a place for stuff like that but I always yeah, that
0: place is in the garbage <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> but you know
0: but, but you know I
1: always wonder like I do always think about <laughs> Andrew Murray you mentioned Andrew Murray I think about like what these guys like Murray and you know some others like uh would think about that kind of stuff I mean you know you know um over the summer I read um uh Charles Finney's autobiography. Erica and my wife and I did. She's a prolific reader and she read it first and she's like, Oh, you got to read this. And so I've read it. That dude, he wouldn't even know what he's going to preach on until before he got up to mm-hmm. preach sometimes. Like literally sometimes the last hymn before he got up and then you get up and preach four hours on like one verse. And it's just like, wow. And why we're is are not recommending
0: that... that you do that. No, we're not way, recommending you do
1: that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but you know, the point is, is that he was constantly praying, constantly asking the Lord to show him. Yep. You know, and you can bathe things in prayer to your point. You can bathe things in prayer, even as you're doing your sermon prep, to be praying in the spirit, you know, to, to be yielded to the spirit, asking mm-hmm. God to show you, asking God to give you clarity. Instead of just trying to get something on paper, mm-hmm. you know, it's more important that you preach a seventeen minute sermon that was bathed in prayer and that right. was efficient. And all those kinds of things, then preaching for forty five minutes about nothingness that you put together.
0: I we should probably just like replay what you just said because I don't think yeah. you can understate the importance of what you just said. Yeah, and I really hope that you guys that are listening will really think about that. What what Matt just said. Um, it is it, it is better to preach a a seventeen minute sermon that's bathed in prayer than to you know spend twenty five hours this week because you've got to you know get your full you know three-point outline that's going to be 45 minutes yeah like guys the holy spirit can do more in in one minute than you could do in a lifetime of preaching yeah. like he he really can like i think we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah to like well i've got to i've got to find an illustration of this point or i've got to find you know the right opening for this and it, we're not saying that don't preach with excellence like that. Like we would be the last people to say that. Of course. Like, like Matt got, I think Matt like wrote his thesis on like preaching or something. Yeah, like you, uh, yeah. You know, for your master's degree or something like that. Or yeah, I mean,
1: my my, my my doctoral emphasis is your preaching. doctoral emphasis is preaching, yeah. right?
0: So yeah, so I don't know anything. Preaching about is
1: important. I mean, like we, we'll never get over it. But here's the, here's the thing. To, to back to the point of prayer is like if if everything. Everything that we add onto it, like the production, the cameras, the lights, the TV ministries, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things, people have an expectation, mm-hmm. you know, of what it should be like. And maybe it's not what God wants you to be like. Yep. And we don't even think that way. We just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we don't. So there's no room for the spirit to move. There's no room for it to get off script. And, and ultimately, mm-hmm. it's in trouble. So right. what kind of prayer will effectively reach our cities? You know, constant prayer, yep. consistent prayer.
0: Um, compassionate prayer as well. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I what I mean by that would be um, intercession, right? Yeah. I, I think inter, true intercession is suffering with the people that you're interceding for. It's interceding for them as if you were in their place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Jesus is the, the greatest example Absolutely. Uh, that we've ever had of an intercessor. And uh, he is interceding for us right now at the right yeah. hand of the Father, which is pretty amazing. Uh, but there's lots of examples of intercessors in the Bible. You know, you think about Moses uh, mm-hmm. interceding for the people of Israel when, yeah. you know, after, uh, you know, God wanted to just start over, uh, you know, when Moses came down from the mountain, you think about Abraham with Sodom yeah, and how, you know, he was bold in his intercession and he continued to go back to God. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a quote, I think John Wesley said one time that uh, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Yeah, And if, if we it's really powerful. believe that prayer is God's ordained means by which His will is done, I think it makes sense. Jesus told us to pray, "That yeah. kingdom come, that will be done." Why would Jesus tell us to pray that? Yeah, if that was not God's ordained means by which God's kingdom would come and His will would be done.
1: Yeah, it's the closest thing. I mean, what happened? Why does He say that? Because in the kingdom of God, in in heaven, His will is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and we, so we're praying for that to come to. To fruition in our lives, we're praying for his 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 kingdom to come in this world, mm-hmm. where we see healing, where we see power, and all those kinds of things. Yeah.
0: You said um, at that meeting we were at a couple of days ago um, that most of the time we think we've got to pray before we do the work, yeah. but prayer actually is the work.
1: That's right. I mean, like you know, we we to to, to what you, preaching. You know, um, it's it's an incredible special thing to be able to preach the gospel. Um, but, you know, sometimes back to your point, you know, we, we think like, why well, I got to put in like 20 hours of sermon prep of, of this and that. And maybe you do, whoever you are, that's okay. We're not knocking that. But w- what, what, what we're saying is, is we look at that as the work. We look at like the word studies as the work. We look at maybe hospital visits as the work or whatever, but we don't really look at prayer that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at prayer, like, it's not a main course. it's kind of like a, a side mm-hmm. dish. like it's kind of like the kind of like the vegetable medley of your steak or the mashed potatoes of your steak or whatever it is, you know that you like. And it's kind of like, well, that's not the main thing. Mm-hmm. but prayer is the main thing. Yeah. Prayer is the main course. Prayer is the work. Mm-hmm. And so we oftentimes you know people say, well pray for the work. But prayer, prayer is the work. Yeah. Like, and we don't look at it that way. Um, we look at it like if we get to it, you know, like, mm-hmm. God will bless it anyways. Mm-hmm. I think we assume a lot on God, by the way. Yeah. Like, why Why does God have to do anything yeah. that you want him to do? Why does he have to bless your service? And so we don't pray for that. Yeah. We, don't, we don't pray for his spirit to fall. We don't mm-hmm. pray for the anointing of the worship. We don't pray for the offering. We don't pray for the Lord's Supper. We don't pray for those things. And we just, it, well, God has to. Why does God have to do anything mm-hmm. that, he does, that you want him to do? He doesn't have to. Yeah. We see examples in Scripture where god it, it we we know god god is sovereign he's in control but it appears that god literally changes his mind mm-hmm. as a result of prayer mm-hmm. that's that's crazy yep. when you think about it yep. like prayer matters yeah but we act we 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 don't pray like it matters no
0: we don't no we don't we don't pray like it matters god's gonna do it anyways yeah yeah yeah, yeah we we don't pray like it matters and um you know, I, I think that if we really believe that God does nothing except in response to believing prayer, that that that, that would radically change uh, not only the frequency of our prayer, but yeah. uh, the the, uh, the the earnestness of our prayer, yeah. the I mean, urgency the, of the our ur- prayer, the urgency. Yeah, I mean, like you know, and and your people in your church, right? Like. Um, you know, maybe you've got people right now in your church plant that are that are new believers, or maybe some of them are struggling. Maybe some have already fallen away, things like that. Or maybe you've got neighbors living next door to you that are not saved yet. And you you know, you've been praying for them. Like like we literally pray people into the kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, like and you also pray, um, people to you know your your prayers keep people in the kingdom of God as yeah. well. Like that's God yeah. has ordained. There are I think there are two main ways uh, that the you know. Whether or not you're Calvinistic or not, you know, like yeah. perseverance of the saints. I think, you know, once we're saved, you know, we're saved and that God keeps us saved. Yeah. And I think there's two main ways that, that we see in Scripture that that happens. Number one is church discipline and number two is intercession. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, like you've got to pray for your people. Like yeah. You've got to pray for them because like that's the means by which they, uh, the sheep are kept in the fold. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I you literally can pray people into the kingdom. You can literally pray God's kingdom to come here on earth yeah and like what a an awesome privilege and responsibility that's been given to us. you right? know when you talk about shepherding and and it starts with prayer as yep. well well let's talk about some practicals man just like yeah, practical steps to incorporating prayer um, maybe into the church uh, as a whole and then maybe we'll talk just about personal prayer we can talk about some personal things yeah. that you and I do in our prayer life so um, for the church as a whole Um, what would you say, Matt, uh, if a church planner was saying, you know, like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I do need to find ways to, um, to, to start prioritizing prayer more in our worship services and in the, in the life, in the week calendar, the ministry calendar of our church, what do they do?
1: You know, we, we've done three things. I think that's helped us, uh, you know, and, and we're not doing all these things now necessarily, but throughout the life of, of, of fellowship pickering anyways. And, um, the first one is just to create a culture of prayer mm-hmm. Have, and that kind of just like, that's just kind of like the umbrella of your church, like creating a culture of prayer. So having prayer guys, having some practical ways people can pray consistently, sending that out using technology, MailChimp, all those kinds of things. But you know, some real just practical ways is, you know, number one, like having a time in your service where you can pray. Um, you know, I was, um, uh, talking to a, a uh Vance Pittman out in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago and he they they've committed like eight I think he said eight to ten minutes of prayer every Sunday in their service Mm -hmm. that's a big church that's a lot Mm -hmm. you don't hear of that very much anymore Mm -hmm. and so I think like actually committing time in your in your service to pray is important and Mm -hmm. so the reason why I bring up hope is because they're a bigger church and a lot of our planners like yeah but we, we can't do that and it's like well the, the, you got a big church doing that you mm-hmm. can do that number one mm-hmm. number two is you know be uh, take it into your homes having a, having a monthly prayer gathering in somebody's home. Mm-hmm. We've done that in the past and that's been that's been really successful that's mm-hmm. been that's been really um, really healthy and then uh, the third thing is you know uh, praying over your city mm-hmm. like going on prayer walks mm-hmm. and we have a we have a prayer walk coming up in December. Um, we're doing the first of the year in, in December or the, <laughs> or, or the end of the year. I mean, and uh, in December, you know, <laughs> in,
0: in Canada, yeah,
1: in Canada, but we we'll, so the are really committed. Yeah. For the really committed, but we have prayer guides, okay. you know, and if you want that stuff, just email us and we'll get that stuff to you, mm-hmm. but we have prayer guides. So those are the three things like in homes, in services mm-hmm. and prayer walking across your city.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're um, so we do in our, uh, in our services uh, right now, right after the sermon, um, we uh, break up into discussion groups and we'll spend yeah. seven to 10 minutes. Um, sometimes we'll have discussion questions up on the screen that are directly related to the sermon. So like, how are you going to apply this? Yeah. You know, like what you just heard in our lives, because we really want to, um, uh, create ways for everybody to participate and be involved in, to use their mm-hmm. gifts within our worship service instead of everybody coming and watching one person use their gifts. Yeah. We're going to be talking about this a little bit next episode, but, um, Uh, So, but also that's where, you know, prayer happens and ministry to one another happens and we can intercede for one another. Um, So that's one of the things that we do. Uh, Another thing we've got uh, right now is that we have a weekly prayer gathering. We've got one on Monday nights. And one of the things that I like, you might be, you might hear that and you go, "Ah, I just don't know if like my people would come to that or whatever. And I get that, like as frustrating as that could be, I get that. But one of my encouragements would be number one, like if you want to start with a monthly, then start with a monthly. Monthly is better than none. And secondly, um, man, maybe you just start it and maybe only three people come, but do it with the ones who are going to come. Move with like, the movers. Right. Move with the movers. And, you know, like as you do and as you begin to pray for and intercede for your church, um, you know, God will bless that. And, uh, yeah. you know, and he'll bring the people that he wants there. So uh, that I, I just think having it on your calendar on a weekly basis is so important if you really want it um, to become a part of the culture of your church. Yeah. Um, and you want it to. You want to be a, a church where people who come know, like, hey, this church prioritizes prayer. Yeah, they need to be able to see it. It doesn't matter how much you say it. Honestly, nah. like, people aren't listening to what you say; they're watching what you do. Yeah, uh, and, and how you prioritize it. And then, I mean, obviously, you know, teach on it. Uh, I think that goes without saying. Like, uh, you should be Annually. teaching on prayer. Yeah, uh, on a regular basis, um, and not just like preaching on it, but sometimes like people need to be shown practically, like how do I actually do this? How do I actually pray? So like sit down, like in your discipleship with people, like show them how to pray. Yeah. You know, like the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah, You know, absolutely. (laughs) So, um, what about your personal prayer life, Matt? Like, uh, what are some practical personal, uh, steps when it comes to prayer that you could give guys that just want to, uh, maybe take the next step in their prayer life?
1: That's interesting. We're kind of wrapping up this episode with this question because <clears throat> talking to church planners and even leaders, you know, this is probably a question I get asked lately the most. That's awesome. Actually. It is awesome. Yeah, it is. But uh, I think that, I think, you know, I've learned a lot of different things over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, by human nature, I think that, I don't know if anybody else listens to this, but I'm like this. So if I do one thing the same way for an extended period of time, some people will call that discipline. I call it like monotony. Like mm-hmm. I get bored eventually. And I'm not saying you know I get bored praying, way, <laughs> but don't misunderstand me. But like I, my my quiet time literally can look different on a week to week basis. Yeah. Um, some some sometimes I'm getting up very early. Other times I'm pausing throughout the day to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, there's a few things I've learned over the years because like most church planners, uh, many church planners, I, I wrestle with ADD and attention deficit disorder, and all those kinds of things I have all my life. And so I remove technology. I put my cell phone in another room. I turn mm-hmm. it off. <clears throat> my mentor, Chuck hearings, preaches here one time. And he said, what text message could be more important than the fact that you're speaking to the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. like none. And, um, so you don't need to be getting, you know, like fantasy football notifications when you're trying to talk to the Lord or, um, you know
0: what if it's the trade deadline
1: what if it's it's, (laughs) okay oh that's okay that's okay then god's cool with that but you know like removing technology is a really practical step that i've done another thing that i've done is um i'll i'll pray out loud sometimes that helps me especially if i'm sleepy or i'm tired if it's early morning i've learned that if i pray out loud I have noise cancellation headphones i I put on my ears. I have four kids. I work from home, yeah. so I flip those things on, and those those things are huge for me. If you're at your house working out of your house, and if you're a church planner and you got kids, I'd highly recommend you get some invest in some good noise cancellation headphones.
0: When I'm traveling with Matt, I always know when he's done talking to me because he puts his noise cancellation headphones right. on, and yeah. then I sadly drop my head and get out. Of the <laughs> yeah,
1: <body>. yeah. <laughs> when the headphones go on, <laughs> I'm done talking to you. Uh, but but you know there's literally all kinds of things i i like to walk and pray prayer walking is is good mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. it it helps me to 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 worship the lord mm-hmm. it it should be man i i was i was taught for a significant period of my early life that i, I think it was a false image of what my what our time should look like with the lord mm-hmm. and it really messed me up to be quite frank mm-hmm. for a lot of years as a pastor um Looking back on it, my time was very rigid. Mm-hmm. It was very like, okay, uh, 30 minutes for prayer, 30 minutes for Bible reading, da 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 da. And um, man, I just, I think there should be freedom. Mm-hmm. And this, the Spirit brings freedom to our life. He doesn't yeah. bring oppression. He doesn't bring, like, oh, I got to get mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. And if you, same with what we said about preaching earlier, if you, what would you rather do? Would you rather pray in the Spirit for 17 minutes or seven minutes or, grind it out and pray over your prayer list, you know, for two hours so you can get done and then you get done you don't feel like you did anything. Mm-hmm. I mean I'd rather do the seventeen minutes or seven minutes or whatever. And so distinguishing those things.
0: Hey, and I think it'd be good probably if we if if we speak to this real quick. Yeah. When you say pray in the spirit, a week yeah. there could probably be another podcast episode just pray. on that phrase we right need there. To do because one. there's 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 a difference between praying and praying yeah. in the spirit. But I, what I don't want guys to get the impression because this is something that's been probably my biggest struggle in prayer yeah. is is I want Yeah. to I want the Shekinah glory of God to fall yeah. and when it does not happen yeah. like that and I don't have the feels, then I feel like yeah. I, I get frustrated in prayer and so I can exit my prayer time being frustrated. So could you speak into that a little bit, Matt? Well,
1: I mean, I I think a couple of things. When you rush into prayer, when somebody says, um, "Hey, would you would you lead us in prayer?" And the person starts right away. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's that's bad. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying there's any. I'm not saying that's a that's a terrible thing. But have we really have we really quieted our hearts? Have we quieted our our minds to listen and to receive? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That's not. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He's not this. Uh, you know, some being or whatever. He is. He is a person. He dwells inside of us so what does he do he guides he speaks mm-hmm. he he shows us his ultimate goal is to bring glory to the father and to the son mm-hmm. that's the holy spirit's role he's the helper he's the comforter he's the intercessor he does all those things so my question is why don't we allow him to do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the reason why we don't allow him to do it in our in our denomination in our tribe of southern baptists we're scared mm-hmm. we're nervous we think That if we start talking so much about this Holy Spirit guy, man, people we're gonna get labeled. We're gonna be labeled as a bunch of wackos, bunch of wackadoodles, you know. And uh, you know, we started out talking earlier about, you know, again, I don't want to derail us because we can do a whole episode on this. But you know, we started talking about being continuations. We are, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, So why don't we see God do the things that He wants to do? Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe it's because we don't know. And understand how he operates in our lives. Yeah. And we talk about spirit led prayer. Mm-hmm. We talk about spirit anointed prayer. It's not up to me, man, to listen to somebody pray and say, Man, that guy, he's spirit led. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. There's a lot of people who have who have tricked a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've all could think of the story of the guys like, man, that guy is so spirit led. Listen, to the, listen, to the way that guy prays. And then, you know, six months later, you know, it comes out like he's having an affair with the secretary. He's robbing banks on the side. Yeah. And it's like, oh, maybe he's just a good speaker. I don't know. You know what I mean? And so I'm not trying. We're not trying to label what it is necessarily or listen to somebody and say, oh, that guy or that gal, they're spirit led, you know. But to me, what we what we. What's being, but what being spirit led in our prayer life looks like is to listen Mm -hmm. a lot more than we talk. Mm -hmm. We're terrible at this, especially in the West. You know, think, think about in a conversation, you go into a conversation and think about how many times you're not really listening to the people in the room. What you're doing (laughs) is you're waiting for them to stop talking so you can say what's on your mind. Now, now, think about that, and then we take that same principle over into prayer life. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Because we don't audibly hear the voice of God, we just do all the talking. Yep. But how does he, Spirit, God is spirit, spirit, Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So how do we? How does he commune to us? He communes to us through the Holy Spirit. Yep. So if we're talking all the time, we can't listen.
0: God, why can't I hear your voice? I can't get an, a word in edgewise.
1: That's exactly right. That's why. That's exactly right. And so to me, that's what spirit-led prayer is. Mm-hmm. Listening, trusting, obeying. The he, Here's the thing we have to understand. The more we obey, the more we're sensitive, the more we listen, the more God talks. Yeah. And the more we don't do those things, the less he does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, it becomes a faint whisper, you know, where we don't even understand, <clears throat> where we don't even understand whether it's God's voice or our voice. Yeah. And so being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I can go on and on about that. We have to do an episode, but, but yeah, there's really practical ways that, that we can, you know, and also one last thing about this, I have to say this, the Holy spirit will never lead us to pray outside of God's will. And so when, when guys or gals say to me, God told me this, no, he didn't. Stop saying that. God did not tell you that. And you say, well, how do you know? Because it says right here, in this chapter and verse of the Bible, God's not going to tell you something contrary to His word, mm-hmm. and so I, I just want to say that.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. Um, last couple, a couple things, um, just practical things uh, for me. Um, wake up early um, for your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think that, um, like I understand not everybody's a morning person, but I would say. And strongly encourage you to uh, discipline yourself, uh, to wake up early, uh, and uh, to start your day off uh, in the presence of God. I think anybody that you that you look at, any um, you know saint that you go and you read, like man of God, woman of God, who, who walk closely with the Lord, and you go and you start reading their biographies or you read their journals, things like that, and that was a regular practice. I, yeah. I have not found one person ever in my life who I know that that was filled with the spirit and walked close with God that didn't do that. I've mm. uh, never have found somebody. So, um, you know, like Matt said, put away the technology. And if you need to like, if you need to, like if you're not a morning person and you need to wake up or whatever, like if you need to go take a shower or get a cup of coffee or go stretch or something like do that, like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like uh, do what you got to do to get, you know, to shake off the cobwebs, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, change postures. I'm pretty restless as well. And, and ADD. So it's, Really hard. I'm working right now on on being okay with being still in one place for like longer than five minutes, and so I'll actually make myself stay on my knees. Um, but I'll switch back and forth between kneeling and sitting and pacing um, throughout my prayer times, uh, and I think that's okay. Uh, and then using uh, prayer lists uh, is also important. Yeah, uh, you need to be help. praying for each of your people by name in your church, the people you disciple, your family members. Uh, you need to be praying specifically for, uh, you know, that like the Bible commands us to pray for government leaders and officials, um, and we need to be praying for uh, our, our, our cities, our neighborhoods. Uh, one thing that I've done that I've really enjoyed, I got this from a book uh, by Paul Miller. Oh shoot, what's that book called?
1: The Praying Life.
0: The- yeah, yeah, yeah. Praying Life by Paul Miller. Isn't that right? The Praying Life? Yeah, yeah that's right. And um, I think it's A Praying Life. but anyway, a pr- Yeah, I think you're right. I'll that's a the, great book. I'll, I'll put the link to it. In Blue the, cover, uh, I think, in my notes. mind I see it. Yeah. Um, but he suggested uh, taking three by five index cards, and this is what I've started doing. And on one side of the index card, I'll write the name of a person or I'll write maybe the name of a place or it could be you know a, a specific topic. And, uh, and I'll also put a scripture memory verse that, um, like I'll, I'll, uh, you know, put a verse, uh, underneath that person's name. Maybe that, that just, you know, if I know, for example, that person, you know, has classically struggled with anxiety, then I might put, you know, Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And then on the other side of the card, I'll write specific things that I'm praying for that person mm-hmm. in their life. And I'll put dates next to them. So yeah. that, that way, and then, and then I punch a hole in all those cards. I got it right here yeah, uh, on my desk somewhere and I'll, I'll punch a hole in all those cards and then I'll, um, uh, put it through a, a key ring yeah. and then I just kind of flip through them. Right. Yeah. And I'll pray through those and I don't pray through every single one every morning. I, I you know, that's not realistic. Yeah. Uh, and you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to do that, but I'll just pray through them until it's time to stop praying. And then I'll pick up where I left off, you know, later on that day or the next morning or what have you. So that's, man, that's
1: good. Yeah. Really practical things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think as we're heading to the the finish line on this one man, um you know, uh, we we don't want to want to take scripture out of context or anything like that, but you know, uh, the 46 Psalm verse 10 says be still and know that I am God. And you mm-hmm. said something about being still earlier and it triggered that. I I I think that the greatest deterrent of everything we've talked about today every single word is the fact that we do not know how to be still before God. Yep. Um, just to be in his presence, just to be quiet, just to listen, put on the word of God, let it soak into you, to you. Um, we have to learn how to be still. Uh, I think a great illustration of this right now is, uh, my boys We're really, you know, we homeschool them. When I say we, I mean Erica and <laughs> I'm, I'm the principal. I, I disciplined if need be. But, um, but you know, like they, they have a tough time, you know, because they're like, "Well, we want to do this and want to do that, and they they got be still, and they got to get their work done, and they're getting better but i but I think that man we we are the same way, like we just have a tough time getting still before God, oh, what about this problem, what about that issue? What about this sermon what about what about even the good things like sharing my faith? What about my neighbor? What about just being in the presence of God? Mm-hmm. What about just being still in the presence of God? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're being honest with yourself, when was the last time you just was in the presence of God and you didn't look at a clock, you didn't worry about a meeting, you didn't worry about planting a church, mm-hmm. you didn't really about worry about your core team, you didn't worry about multiplication. You just got into the presence of God and you were just still mm-hmm. before God. And those moments happen too far and few between. And the sad mm-hmm. Um, story The sadness of that is the fact that they can happen every single day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We choose not mm-hmm. to be still before God.
0: You talk about the kind of praying that can change our city. It's that kind of yeah. praying that happens yeah. on a regular basis, not right. few and far between. And you know, like those, you know, well, but but I got my sermon to finish, or, but but I got to call this person, or but you know, I've got to finish this assignment. Yeah, but like do you not think that God can like do in one second what could have taken you two hours to do? Like can, yeah. like can God not like for example, sermon prep, right? Yeah. Like, do you really think that if you go and spend a couple hours in prayer right now with the Lord, instead of, of, of you know, going and pouring <laughs> through commentaries that you couldn't get up from that. And that God could give you that entire sermon in three minutes yeah. and that it could just pour forth out of your pen. Like, how do you know he won't do that? Like, cause I know he's done it for me before. Yeah. And I, and I know a lot of, you know, men that, uh, but he does it for them on a regular basis. Yeah. Um,
1: and we, and you know, we all say like, uh, man, there's, there's, there's times where it just all comes to me. Like we're idiots. It doesn't just come to you. <laughs> like it's because you're walking in the spirit and you're praying. And that's why he, he pours out himself onto you. You know, we're supposed to enjoy God. And I, I think that's, you know, my, my marching order, like enjoy God. You don't. <laughs> And people are like, Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, I enjoy God. But like we should really enjoy God. Like our when we begin to enjoy Him, when we begin to enjoy His presence, when we begin to, you know, um, praise Him and and worship Him and really enjoy who He is, like, man, our our prayer life will go to a new place Uh because it it will stop being cold, it will stop being difficult and it will be joyful. And I believe God wants to do that. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that He wants us like to to grind through our quiet time mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Like yeah. I just, I, 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 I cannot believe that's the heart of the Father.
0: Nope, uh, I agree with you, man. Well, uh, we better stop because you can, uh, guys, can probably obviously tell this is one of our favorite subjects, and yeah. uh, we could keep talking about it. But uh, alas, we're almost at an hour, so we better wrap this up. So, guys, I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of in the trenches. Uh, We really appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, uh, if you guys just want to reach out to us, if, Uh, if we can be praying for you in any way, or if you want access to any of the, uh, resources that we mentioned, um, I can even like send you pictures of the prayer cards that I've done. And, and, um, so just ask us for that stuff. And we're happy to share any of it with you. We want to be here to bless you guys. Uh, we, we just enjoy giving away what we have freely received, Mm -hmm. um, during our time in ministry. So, uh, As always, uh, we are going to be back next Monday with another episode of of In the Trenches, and you can head on over to www.getinthetrenches.com, and you can find other episodes there. And uh, Make sure that uh, you uh, go on to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play and hit the subscribe button if you haven't yet. That helps increase our exposure uh, so that this podcast can get into the hands of other church planters. And another way you can help us uh, do that is just by sharing. Uh, on your social media accounts sharing this episode. uh, We'd really appreciate that. Uh, It it just helps. It helps get this info into the hands of uh, of more church planners out there. So uh, we uh, love you guys and we are looking forward to being back with you next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.